Um, today, this morning, I'm going to just share a couple of stories, um, and hopefully God will speak to us through those stories. Um, and if you're new here and sort of don't, don't really know about church or this kind of thing, I'd encourage you to keep your ears out because God loves to speak to people, and I'm praying that he'll speak to you this morning. So let's get into it. Yeah, Father, I just pray that you would um, continue to speak. I thank you for the words you've spoken over us this morning. Um, and actually how, how much in line it is with what you've been saying to me over the last couple of weeks as well. And, um, we just thank you. You love to speak to your kids, and we just want to listen to you this morning. Help me to be clear. Amen. All right, so there was, there was a young boy. He, he lived in a, a little town, fairly small town, about the size of Porirua. Um, it, was, it was a nice town. There were some nice parts to it. There were some not-so-nice parts to it. Um, some nice things happened there and some not so nice things happened there. And unfortunately for this, this lad, um, who was called Martin, unfortunately for him, um, he experienced quite a bit of the not so nice things in his life. Um, and even worse, a lot of that not so nice stuff happened in his own home with his parents. His parents both drank, um, and when they drank they became quite violent. Um, he would go to school to get out of the, out of the house, um, but he, from, from a very young age he struggled at school and found, found he was a slow learner, um, so that by the age of 14 he had dropped out of school, wasn't able to read or write very well, um, and, and really struggled at school. Um, his family moved from the town he'd first grown up in to another town, and in this town there was quite a heavy drinking culture. And at the age of 14, our friend Martin became a heavy drinker. He, um, he looked at what everyone else around him was doing, and he fell into it himself. He, as he was growing up, got a few jobs here and there. He'd get a building job here, or a building job there, sort of bouncing around between jobs. Um, never really able to keep one down. And the money he earned from those jobs he would spend every weekend drinking. After a while he found that the drinking didn't quite become, didn't quite um, fulfill what he was looking for. Um, and he actually started taking drugs. He, um, he started taking ecstasy, started smoking marijuana, and started taking cocaine. Um, the drink would lead to violence, um, and he was actually a very violent drunk and would, would do anything really to win a fight. Um, while he was growing up through all this, he, he had moments of clarity every now and then and wanted to escape this lifestyle. He saw that it wasn't what he wanted for himself, but every time he tried to escape, he'd move between the two towns he'd grown up in. It seemed like the lifestyle always followed him around. Now. When he was 19 years old, um, he lost the job he, was current, he currently had, um, and he became homeless. He had nowhere to go, no money, no place to sleep. Now, it's all been pretty bleak so far, sorry for that, but things are about to turn around. He heard about this place called the Night Shelter. Um, this was a place where people could go, people who were homeless, could go around 7 o'clock at night, they would arrive there, they'd be welcomed at the gate, they'd be invited in, they'd be given some food, 
um, and they'd, just, they'd have a bed for the night there until the next morning. Um, the people there just served him. They accepted him. They didn't, they didn't care what he'd been through. They served him. They accepted him. They cleaned up after him. They helped him with paperwork to try and get jobs and that. Um, they gave him a clean bed, use of a shower, found more clothes for him when he didn't have enough, gave him access to a free dentist when he needed it. Um, they played board games with him. They just simply chatted to him and welcomed him into this place. This was so new to our friend Martin. He had never experienced this before, even in his own home. People who genuinely cared for him, despite everything he did. They cared for not just a perfect version of who he was, but they cared for him, just how he was. Um, these people also talked a little bit to him about uh, someone called Jesus, and they invited him along to church. All our friend knew was that he liked these people and he liked this place and he felt drawn to them. However, he still felt completely lost. Um, he was still drinking, taking anything and everything um, to try and get rid of that feeling of loss. Um, his addiction was costing him about $400 each day um, using both heroin and crack to, to get the buzz that he his body felt he needed. Um, and at that price, he was committing crimes to fund his, um, fund his addiction. However, he kept coming back to the night shelter, and the people there kept continuing to love him, despite him continuing in the lifestyle he was living. They just kept serving him, kept feeding him, kept um, just loving him in all these ways I've talked about. They also kept talking to him about Jesus and how much Jesus loved him, like we've been hearing today, how much he wanted to love them and have a relationship with them. He did get along to church sometimes as well, and each time he did, he, he knew there was something different. He couldn't explain it, but he knew there was something different. And um, that was the Holy Spirit, the presence of God. But he couldn't explain it at the time. And one of these times in church, he was... He was looking at his life. He was sick of running, sick of moving between the two towns um, and never escaping the lifestyle he was in. And he just cried out to God. And he said, God, if you're real, come and, come and help me. I need your help. It was a simple prayer. Um, however, things didn't turn around straight away, actually. Um, he battled against drugs for about four months after that until he felt God speak to him. Just like we were saying before, God loves to speak to us. And in this instance, God spoke to him. And, yeah, it was, it was very simple. God gave him a choice. God said, are you going to keep taking drugs, or are you going to follow me? He had a real clear choice that God laid out in front of him. Now, luckily, for the end of our story, he chose to follow Jesus. And what happened actually overnight, our friend stopped using drugs. He was completely free from addiction. He was free from drink. He even stopped smoking cigarettes and was completely free pretty much overnight. It was an amazing transformation. He was saved, born again, um, a new creation, and completely freed from the stuff he'd been running for, from for, for decades now. And this wasn't the end of the story, though, because, you know, Father's love 
It's like a waterfall and it just keeps flowing and you just can't stop it. It's not, it's not a, oh, you're saved now and that's, that's it. He kept pursuing our friend. Um, God just loves to grab hold of us and teach us how to walk in relationship with him. And he, he blesses his kids. This guy, he had been homeless for years now, but God gave him his own home. Our friend got into college to study for carpentry. He got a job while he was there, and then once he left, he became a carpenter and had a job, all the while looking to God and building relationship with him. And this was about four years. At the end of the four years, God said to him, well, yeah, he challenged him again. He spoke to him and said, give up carpentry and work for the poor. Our friend was obedient. He did this, and he got a job at a very familiar place to him called the night shelter, the very place that had changed his life. The people who had served him and loved him, he got a job at exactly the same place. He continued to love people, and he used the things God had given him to pour back into other people. He's now worked there for eight years, um, and in the last two years, he's actually been leading the team there. He's been the boss of the night shelter, leading the team to love people and to see them transform just like he was. What an amazing story eh, of redemption and restoration for this guy. Isn't God good, eh? It's amazing. He also met a girl at the church. Um, God just continued to bless him. He met a girl at the church um, that he had given his life to God at, and um, they've been married now for eight years as well. Um, they've got a, a daughter who's seven years old, um, who they, they foster actually, um, and they just love her. And it's just an incredible story of God's pursuit of this man. I've got one more story for you as well, and this is from Luke 15. Um, many of you will have heard this story. It's about a shepherd and a sheep. Um, the shepherd, I didn't put it up there. Never mind, you can find it in your Bible, um, Luke 15. Um, and the shepherd had, he had a load of sheep, right? And one day, though, he noticed that out of all of these sheep, one of them was missing. He knew every single one of them. He knew what they looked like, the, the markings on the sheep. And he noticed one of them amongst the, the huge amount was missing. He couldn't stand the thought of this sheep in the wilderness by itself, you know, the danger of... Uh, yeah, poachers and the danger of bears and wolves and I mean knowing sheep the danger of just falling down a hill um, and he couldn't stand the thought of the sheep being alone so he left his, his other flock in a safe place where he knew they would be okay and he'd find them again and he went out to search for the sheep he set out into the wild um, and sure enough he finds the sheep and sure enough the sheep's in a bit of trouble um, it's completely lost, has no idea how to get home, and by this point is really tired. Now the shepherd sees the sheep, gets amongst the mud, get, gets it clean as much as you can with your hands, um, and he rescues the sheep from where it is. And not only that, again, like our other story, the father goes beyond, the shepherd goes beyond, and he sees that the sheep doesn't have, it doesn't have the strength anymore to walk back home, so the shepherd, he grabs that sheep, pulls it onto his shoulders, and carries it home. 
and celebrates with his friends when he gets home. Now, these could just be two nice stories, um, but hopefully while I've been speaking, God has been highlighting things to you. Um, and I, I trust he has, because he's been doing it all morning. Um, you know, you might be sitting there this morning feeling like our friend in the first story, or the sheep. You might be feeling completely lost, completely stuck. Um, you might be feeling like you just can't get rid of things that have been chasing you your whole life. But this morning, as with every single day of your life up until now, God is saying, turn to me. He's saying, I will love you. I've loved you from before you were born. And he's saying, turn to me and I will turn your life around. I will love you. I will walk with you through the hard times. And all you have to do is make that choice, like Martin did in the first story, to follow him. If that's you, I'd encourage you, find someone at the end. There'll be some really good people up the front who will um, walk through you with stuff and will love you and will pray with you and help you, to, um, help you to get to know Jesus. And for others of us who have already had that experience of being saved um, from that place, of being completely lost, um, I, I believe God wants to speak to us as well. Um, so I'm just going to pull a few things out that God's really been speaking to me about from this and the other story. So first of all, the shepherd gets dirty to help the sheep. You know, the story in Luke begins with the Pharisees sort of accusing Jesus of spending time with sinners um, and people who weren't, who weren't sort of the high, highest in society. Um, they're challenged because Jesus is willing to get into places that they, they don't think are right. He's willing to go there to get amongst the people and to love them, to, just to help them. And so they, they challenge him and Jesus responds by telling this story. So, you know, just like he was, the shepherd left the flock, he finds the sheep, he gets dirty getting it free um, and, and helps the sheep, saves it. Um, you know, it's the same in the night shelter. Um, while this story was actually from the night shelter in Bedford um, at the King's Arms, um, and I actually had the privilege of working a few shifts at the night shelter, um, actually working for this very guy who I was, who I was talking about. Um, an amazing, lovely guy. And, I mean, while you're working there, you realize, actually, to help some people, you need to compromise your cleanliness or your comfort sometimes, you know? Um, there were people coming in who had spent their whole day on the street, and the whole day before that, and the whole day before that, on the street. Some of them had slept a few nights on the street before coming to the night shelter. Weren't smelling the best, let's be honest. You were doing countless reappearing dishes that just came from nowhere, spending hours doing that, stripping dirty beds at the end of a, a long night shift all the way, about 12 hours. Um, I mean, once I stripped a bed and found, found a needle in there and all this drag, drug paraphernalia, you know, it's like, it's not clean, but that's sometimes where you've got to go to help people. This is, um, this is what Jesus did. Sometimes we have to leave our nice, sort of safe, comfortable, friendly lives um, and realize that actually we live for a purpose. Which brings us to number two. And we've actually heard this this morning um, already, that we're given things so that we can help others too. It's not just so 
that we have a nice life, um, although God does want that for us, um, is so that we can help others too. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8 highlights this quite clearly. It says that um, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. You know, so that. He blesses us so that we can bless others. Galatians 5.13 says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. I mean, Martin is an amazing example of this, isn't he? He was set free from addiction that had chased him for years, not just so that he could plod along, have a nice little family. It was so that he could bless others and bring others. He, he responded to this verse in such an amazing way. It's the same with community with each other in the church, isn't it? We're learning over this summer series a bit about what it is to be a family, to be community. Um, it's vital, it's beautiful, and it's what God's calling us to. But it's not the end, is it? It's not the end just to be a nice little tight-knit family. What we're called to is to be a family that is an open family, a community where people feel comfortable to come into. They feel loved when they walk through our doors, whether it's these doors or our doors at home. They feel absolutely loved and part of the family. That's what it's for. We're not a family for family's sake. We're a family for the world, for Jesus' sake. Hebrews 10, 24 to 25 says, Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, so keep being a family, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. Be a family to encourage one another. Number three, it takes actions, not just words, right? Um, James um, is good at challenging people. Um, and in James 2, 15, 17 says, um, Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes and without daily food. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it? You can speak to them, you know? You can say, oh, I really hope you get better or I really hope you find some money for your food this week. But if you, if you do nothing, you know, James said, what good is it? It takes actions, not just words. I mean, it it's, can be as simple as, come around for a meal tonight. It can be as simple as, let's go for a coffee. It can be as simple as, let me lift your shopping into your car. It can be so simple. It can be food to the food bank. It can be giving your old clothes away. Um, it can be babysitting for your friends or babysitting for your neighbours who you know haven't had time to themselves for ages. Um, it, there's so many things we can do. And it's just being aware that it takes action. The last one that we're going to cover today, um, number four, is that serving people should not be a clever strategy. I felt real challenged on this over the last couple of weeks. It should come from love, right? If we're talking about serving others to see them come into relationship with Jesus, it's not manipulation. We can't do this to think, right, maybe if I give them some food, maybe they'll want to become a Christian. 
That's not what Jesus is calling us to. He's calling us to love. It's love for the lost sheep. As we serve others around us, as we invite them into our homes and whatever, let's do it out of love. Now, Isaiah 58 verse 10 does say, if you give some of your own food um, to feed, feed the hungry, then your light will rise in the dark. You know, I've sort of paraphrased that, but it does say that. As you, as you serve others, even just as simple as food, your light will rise in the dark. However, that's not the end, is it? People do notice it does break the darkness, and it's certainly a way that God draws people to himself. But, as we know, 1 Corinthians 13 is a real famous verse. I'm not going to read the whole thing now, but um, part of it says, is there if you want to quickly skim it, is there if it, say, um, it says, if I give away all that I have, if I deliver up my body to, um, to be burned, but have not love, I gain nothing. So we can do all this stuff, but if, we, if it's not out of love, it's not really worth it. Yeah, Jesus is calling us to love. He's calling us to down um, towards the end. He's calling us to endure all things. Like in the night shelter, you had to endure some things. He's calling us to hope all things for these people we're serving. He's calling us to believe all things for these people, to bear all things for these people. He's calling us to love. I'm not saying it's super easy all the time. I mean, sometimes at the night shelter when people are taking for granted everything you do, not everyone, but some people, um, you kind of have to shake it off every now and then, get a bit of Taylor Swift on, um, and you know, shake off the annoyance at someone who's taking you for granted. You might have to do that. But as you love someone, if you're doing it out of love, it's much easier to shake off the annoyance because you love this person. It's not up to you to change people's lives, but it is up to you to love them. And as you love them, people's lives can't help but be changed. It was their love at the night shelter that made um, Martin feel completely different. He walked into the night shelter and found something he'd never, never seen before. It made him feel like he'd come home. It made him want to know more about who this Jesus is, just as these people loved him with no other agenda than to serve them. Um, if you're sitting there thinking, this is too much, I can't invite people into my home all the time, um, I would encourage you to use the resources that God has given you. Challenge yourself, step out, but use the resources God's given you. You know, Jesus didn't have a home. He didn't invite people around to his house because it would have been a bit disappointing, sort of sitting on the ground in the dirt because he didn't have a home. But he did use the things that he did have, like time. He'd walk with people. So, oh, you're, you're going here? Oh, I'll walk with you. Or he, he used his time just to eat with other people and to, um, to listen to them when other people didn't listen to them. Use the things that God's given you. Um, no matter what it is, use it to serve other people and to love them. Let's allow God to move our hearts for people around us, people who are lost and can't escape things that have been following them their whole lives. Things, people who are searching for one thing, the one thing that we've been hearing about so much this morning, the simple thing of the love of Jesus for these people. The love of Jesus working through us to serve people and to show them his love that never 
never fails for them. Yeah, I, I, I just want to pray. Um, Father, would you, um, would you move our hearts even now, Lord? Um, just, we can't drum up love for people, Father. And I pray you'd move our hearts for love for the people that we come into contact with throughout the days, Lord. I pray for the colleagues at work who are a little bit difficult and that people find hard to get along with. I pray you'd stir up love in our hearts for them. I pray for the neighbours who sort of um, get the weed eater out a bit too early on a Saturday morning. I pray that you'd stir up love for them in our hearts, Lord. I pray that you'd give us the courage to give up our comfort every now and then, to serve people around us, um, to go, go above and beyond to love everybody who you bring into our, into our lives, Father. Do that in Jesus' name. So this morning, if you've been feeling lost um, and without family, like I was talking about before, um, and you feel like God's prompting you, I would say, or even if you don't actually, I would say come up to the front at the end or find someone at the end. There'll be a couple of people up the front to pray with you um, and to to help you get to know this Jesus who's just waiting for you. Um, and for all of us, I would encourage, I would encourage you, just keep asking. Um, even if you do it, just a little prayer every day um, this week, I would encourage you to keep asking God to grow love in your heart um, for the people in your life. I'd also encourage you to, not just words, but actions. Let's think of one way this week that each of us can... Um, that each of us can serve someone that we come across, whether it's as simple as, I don't know, paying for their shopping or whatever, or inviting someone to share a meal you've already cooked. Let's think of one way and let's do it. Um, and I would also encourage you, second thing, find someone in the church, have them around for lunch, have them around for dinner, um, or whatever, go for a walk with them, have them around for coffee. Let's continue to grow um, in our love for each other encouraging each other to love the people outside of the church as well. Have a great week.